0: Hi, welcome to the Songwriter Diaries. This is a podcast all about picking the brain of every songwriter that you know. So grab a glass of wine and join us. My name is Megan Ellsworth. My co host is Caroline Stump. This is a songwriter, Diaries. We're all depressed, so let's write a song about it.
1: <laughs> Hello! Hello! Welcome. welcome to season eight of the Songwriter Diaries. It is season eight, right, Megan? Yeah, season eight, (laughs) crazy. Insane, can't believe we've been doing it for this long. I know. But to kick off the season, I don't know, Courtney, I don't know if you knew that you're kicking off the
2: season, but you are. (laughs) Right, I I love being first.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We have with us Courtney from Bison Bone, hello.
2: Hello, happy to be here.
1: (laughs) We're so glad to have you, super stoked to chat all
0: things songwriting with you um so why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself tell us a little bit about yourself uh how you got started in music and as an artist and songwriter
2: it started in junior high creative writing class um first class i ever got an in, and i was like okay i can some this is this is easy. I can do this at the same time. Like I'm sure most people you talk to, I was one of those kids who always like get records or CDs at the time and read all the liner notes and, and like have sleepovers and just want to listen to music while other people wanted to trade baseball cards or Pokemon or whatever. <laughs> like, oh, you got to listen to this song. Um, and then, uh, really. So did that um, and then college same thing always did well on lit English creative writing and then I, I well I grew up in a really small town so there was nobody really to like play music with but once I got to college I found a community for that and that's when songwriting and kind of jamming took off and I realized like oh you don't have to be um, I don't know garth Brooks to do this you can be at any level and do this which was a like changed my whole life really just that idea then moved to denver uh um 10 years ago i guess and just mostly focused on songwriting um for the first few years i lived here before starting a band and then finally felt like i had enough chops for that um and got a band here and that really felt like it started taking off around 2016 um then kind of been doing that ever since and uh just happy to have the opportunities to keep doing it and get to play with really good players.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Denver has some of the best musicians ever. And I live in Nashville now and I'm still like, mm, some Denver guitars are still better than the guitars I've seen here. Um, but when did you start playing any instruments?
2: Well, I always kind of just, you know, like, Fiddled around with them. Um, I remember getting um, one of those like kind of toy keyboards from my grandma for Christmas one year when I was probably I don't know six and oh. learned songs on that um, like Mary had a little lamb things like that. But I never really was that technical or took lessons and and mostly just learned really learned in depth once I got to college and around really good players and then just jamming. So never really. I took took music theory here and there, but it never really took hold, like actually playing with people that were good and experienced players. Um, And then um, now, as I've gotten older, kind of going back and like, I've been working with a vocal coach the last three years, which has um, been a nice surprise for, uh, it's actually been really inspiring for songwriting and performing and lots, I've gotten more out of it than I thought, outside of just the vocal part.
0: That's so cool! May I ask who your vocal coach is?
2: Uh, yeah, uh, Connie Hong. Um, okay. She's in every circle. Um, So she's been collaborating with me and when we record records, um, she, I'll usually have her come in and at least like help me with warm-ups or just help me like figure out how to navigate that song. And a lot of times we've already worked through that song or those group of songs before we even get into the studio. So it's been you know, first it was a lot vocally, but now it's it's become more just collaborative than anything.
0: That's really cool. And I feel like that is something that a lot of especially younger artists kind of um we like I feel like a lot of people take their voices for granted. Mm-hmm. And I know I do sometimes and I um so that's really cool and very inspiring that you work with a vocal coach and like, oh man, I wanna do that. That's so that's just really I'm that's so cool.
2: <laughs> it's changed uh so much about my confidence and how I write songs and how I approach all of it. Also just how I take care of my voice. For a long time, when I was younger, I was very naive about it. And I'm a songwriter, damn it. I don't have to sing well. I don't need to sing well. People need to write, like my songs. And that was a disservice to the songs. And I wish I'd done this a long time ago, but I'm doing it now and it's been great. And I look forward to continuing to do that.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree that I think people don't think of their voice as much of as an instrument as they should, because it is something that you need to train. It's not just, Oh, I can talk so I can sing, you know, decently enough, but it's, you know, you have to sing properly or else it can be such a struggle later on if you have issues and everything like that. So.
2: It it, it does. That's and true. it teaches you, um, like for a long time, I thought melody was just a chord progression, you know? <laughs> so much stuff that i know now it seems so silly it you, you, i didn't know until you start like uh going to practice with these tools
0: so did you fall into your genre naturally or was it kind of a conscious decision or is it just like a representation of kind of who you are and your background
2: that's a really good question. I don't know that anybody's asked it like that before. Um, I think all of those things. I think uh, I grew up in Oklahoma, small town Oklahoma. Uh, lis- grew up listening to radio country. That was all there was. But one, again, once I got to college and realized like there was all of this indie music, punk music that I didn't know, which kind of drove me into, uh, at the time, what they were calling alt country. Um so I think with my uh, accent, my, how I grew up, what I'm writing about, the type of music I, I listen to or inspired by it, naturally, like all of that just fell into place. Um, it's not really like, I d- never thought like, I'm going to make this sound or whatever. It's just, you know, kind of what happened naturally. Um, but as I'm getting older, I'm hoping that more people I listen to um, like Cat Power or Kurt Bile or people like that uh, start to expand my sound and, and how I I make music. That's what I'm. I don't want to be constrained by Americana, uh, rock and roll roots, any of that. Uh, hopefully, you know, um, expand in a way that still feels genuine to me.
1: Yeah, definitely. I I was listening to your EP the last weekend. Everybody, go listen to it. But I was noticing between even between the songs, I'm like, he's exploring so many different genre ideas throughout each different song. I was like, honestly, all of these songs could fall into multiple genres or fall into genres different from each other. So I was curious about if you consciously thought about that stuff or was just like, I write it and I don't know, like, it's just there.
2: I do it's both again it's both of those things I, I I'm i trying to um, expand in that way but some of it is just is what it is right yeah uh, what the the tools I have at the moment I think I think it is a good thing and I think ultimately as I get better and we get better as a band that will be helpful it also does a, a disservice because it's hard to you know uh pigeonhole us sometimes it's easier to be marketable in one way for festivals shows or being able to play with other bands on bills if if we're strictly we strictly sound like this one thing um uh, yeah it's hard because it's like we're not necessarily country we're not necessarily indie rock you know and americana has been helpful lately because that's such a big umbrella but you know that can be that also gets tedious too just the americano label <laughs> is pretty generic at this point too so it's it's hard so I, I i don't know i guess i have a love and hate relationship with the the marketability of of that which i wish wasn't the case but it is
1: yeah i think every artist i've ever met their least favorite question is oh what genre are you in it's like so i don't true. know i sing stuff and i write <laughs> stuff i don't i don't have a genre it's just fluid Um, there's an artist, um, named Yola and she has a shirt that says genre fluid. And I, I'm absolutely obsessed with that idea. Like I'm genre fluid. Don't, don't try to put me in a hole or try to decide what I am. This is just, Mm -hmm. this is me, you know? I love that.
2: Me too. It's correct.
1: Um, so when you're writing, do you usually start with lyrics or do you start with instrumentation with your band?
2: I always start me by myself first now it changes every time every record cycle um whatever i'm trying to do i i try to take everything i've learned from the previous uh records experiences and coming from a different approach um it usually starts with just guitar melody guitar chords um then kind of go back and forth between a notebook and then seek Kind of what fits um again it's a different approach every time uh used to be just me and guitar and i wouldn't even write anything down which seems again really silly i would just play it till i memorize it but there's no way of editing that way you need to see it on paper you need to be able to just speak it read it um you know create a melody with it uh so this time around um i think i yeah I think we are going to start with the band first, and we've never done that. I've been talking to those guys. I have a really great rhythm section that's been with me for um, four years now, if you want to count the the last two years.
1: Yeah, those those are a wash, you know, (laughs) just the lost
2: years, you know, (laughs) I think I want to start with, you know, just kind of jamming with them and have them come up with some some cool of fills and 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 then go from there and it may be a mix of, of all of those things but yeah yeah hopefully uh no just one way anymore i've done it i started you know multiple different ways and hopefully this time around it's it's with all the tools and and one song can start this way and one song can start a completely different way and and not be like I'm not gonna be routine about it. This has worked in the past, so I'm gonna keep doing this. That's not really the way I do anything. I
1: think that's smart. I mean, all the different kinds of experiences, you never know what's gonna work. So
0: Yeah. And like going back to the like not putting yourself in a, a box or a pigeon or pigeonholing pigeonholing <laughs> yourself. <laughs> um, and that totally has to do with this as well. Like not just genre, it's how you approach the music, how you You know approach the recording of the music so that's really cool that you're trying different things and always you got to keep it fresh
2: yeah i mean or else what's the point right Right. (laughs) unless it's just for vanity um or ego or just to be a part of something to say you're a part of it i mean it's not like i'm selling uh you know tens of thousands of records so why not try to push it and learn and grow i mean uh or else it's, I don't know, in my mind, it's pointless. That's the whole, that's the whole point of it.
0: Yes. Oh, wow. I loved that, what you just said. That is so, everyone listening, that's a good little nugget to take from this. So true. I love that. Well said. So you recently released, or I guess not recently, but somewhat recently released your EP, The last Weekend. Do you want to kind of dive into how you recorded that? What the releasing process was for that project?
2: Yeah, we released that back in November of last year. About six months, which is sort of a long time for us. We've been we've been doing like a full record, then then EP, full record EP, um, almost one a year. Um, wow. For four and a half years, something like that. Oh uh, gosh. Yeah, just because again, I felt like I was learning so much every time I wanted just to keep that momentum and go back and practice what I learned. Um, but this time we're gonna actually take our time and we probably won't go back into the studio for another year from now and just really um, put a lot of work and time into that. Um, but yeah, the last, the EP we did that, um, oh, it's been a minute. Uh, we did that, uh, this time last year. So spring we finished it. Uh, we kind of, we hadn't been together for a whole year. I hadn't seen my band for a year. Uh, we just, I've been sending them everything through my iPhone. Yeah. And we just picked a weekend to go into the studio. Um, my guitar player studio actually. And, um, we, uh, um, just picked a weekend and went there and, and ran through them, which is only four songs. So that's not like, you know that difficult, yeah. but it was great. Like those guys are so professional. Like we didn't have to run through the songs that that often, um and felt like we didn't miss a beat after not seeing each other for a year, which is really great and inspiring.
0: That is. That's very
1: inspiring. That's very cool. And did you record any of it live, or was it all like separate recording each instrument?
2: We we try. We did a lot of it live. We've always kind of done that. I again my personality is try to be really efficient with anything we do you mm-hmm. don't want to cut corners and definitely don't mean that um but i just i like it being uh just a little more efficient and fresh and not you know just beating something down into submission right it is the song at some point they are what they are. Your skill level is, is what it is. You know, you're only as good as the tools you have at that moment. Kind of look at it, this is a documentary of um, where we are right now. And so we usually would do the rhythm section live and um, sometimes uh, guitars live. So anywhere from like three or four instruments live at any given time. Um, Go overdub a few things. Always go and overdub vocals. Um, But there's, yeah, it could be anywhere from two to five instruments getting recorded live at the same time. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, go and overdub acoustics and and things like that. But a a big portion of every record we've all, we've ever done has been live. And it will probably continue to go that way, I'm guessing. Mm
1: -hmm. Cool. Yeah, I think Oh, sorry, Megan. No, go go ahead. Go right ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, I think the idea of being efficient is so important because, I mean, unless you have friends with studios, which I think we all do, which is so nice because it's less, you know, time constrictive, Mm -hmm. but especially going into the studio, just being as prepared as possible because that costs so much money to just go into a studio. So I think the more efficient, the better in that situation. But I also think that's cool that even after a year you were ready to record live like at the get-go and shows how much your band is you know on top of their shit because like yeah, that's just
0: really hard apart, to do too, mm-hmm. like not having an in-person rehearsal that's very impressive yeah
2: I think yeah I think the fact that they are really talented players and and also they get along well it makes all of that easier and the fact that we've been together for a little while wow yeah big part of it is knowing how each other communicates right uh verbally, it's like a
1: relationship <laughs> you know.
2: it is it is and it felt like we're in a long-term relationship or a long-distance relationship <laughs> for that year, you know it's like oh yeah you know pick up right where we left off um yeah it's yeah i have a lot of gratitude towards that i don't take that for granted at all because a lot of people you just don't get the opportunity to play with very with the same people for very long especially yeah. Like have a lot of money
1: so what song or project are you the most proud of and why
2: oh man um these are fun questions we've got Uh, (laughs)
1: hard-hitting ones mixed in with (laughs) the the logistical ones
2: (laughs) well i I would say um the last record um that that ep that we're just talking about the last weekend the the self-titled song um the The last weekend um I like, I really enjoyed, that was the last one I wrote for the EP and that one felt really good to me because it just, it, again, it came from a place of gratitude where it, with everything going on, it was just kind of this daydream of this lightheartedness of like, you know, um, let's go hang out with our friends. And like, it was just all about these little details, right. And these things that like, I could just see myself or whoever the character was in the, in that story, just smiling the whole time through every scene. Uh, and I really, I liked that. It was, it was just like, Hey, let's, let's go do this. You know, um, it's a two, it's only a Tuesday night, but we deserved it. You know, uh, things have been a little rough around here. Let's just go, you know, let our hair down for a night. And, um, that felt, um, like it connected well with me individually. So I soon, I hope it did with, with, with everybody else.
1: Yes, definitely. That's and really that bad. is going to be the song that closes out the episode. So everybody stay tuned. We're not done. Stay don't tuned. worry. We're not done with you yet. We have more questions, but <laughs> that will be closing out the episode so everyone can hear it and you can stream it too. But listen to the rest of the episode to hear it.
0: I love how the process of writing an album like I feel like the last song that is written for the album always gets on it and it is almost always like the hit or you know, like the one that you're most proud of or that just hits differently. That's uh, that's cool. I really also enjoy that song. It's really great.
2: Thank you. That means a lot for me all. I, I appreciate that. I think yeah. wanna take it back to songwriting, but I think my assumption is the reason the last song is usually the best, or, or makes it on, is because you've put in all of that work, and you, up to that point, with writing, which is a good re- like a reminder of people to constantly be writing. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. When it works that way, you're like it's it is a very good example of why you should be doing it often, because uh, you get in those grooves and you find that flow and you find your voice where sometimes it's almost like, oh, this should be the start of the record now. And it should be scrapped everything before that. But you you can't always do that. You don't have the time.
1: Either Megan and I were talking about this in a previous episode or off air about this, (laughs) but talking about how it's like everything you write later, it's like, or you look back at your old releases, you're like, I could make that so much better now and all of this stuff. And I am like, I think that just shows so much growth and if you're not thinking about your past stuff that way, or if you're not, you know, continuously changing and morphing and growing, then you're doing something wrong. Like Megan was talking about the pressure of the, what would would you call it? The second album pressure? The sophomore album. Yes, the sophomore Mm -hmm. album pressure of, oh gosh, like I released this like album that's amazing. And now I have to do it like 10 times better and all this stuff. But I think just naturally, you're writing all the time and if you are you know passionate about songwriting it's just naturally going to be better because you're continuously growing that's so true
2: yeah the work kind of creates inspiration not the other way around right Mm -hmm. i mean just just being there and doing it then it's yeah it goes back to what we're talking about with vocal lessons earlier like creating those opportunities and that inspiration for yourself you're not going to i mean being just sitting around doesn't, doesn't do that. You got to be moving and you got to be uh, pushing forward and then you'll create those opportunities for inspiration. And that again is probably why the last song on any records a really good one. Cause you're, you're, that momentum's going.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely. So true.
0: Um, So what, this is kind of a heavy hitter question. What Bring goals <laughs> have you set for yourself for the next five years?
2: The big one, I would say, and I, every time I feel like we get really close to making this happen, something happens, obviously COVID um, and not to get uh, too into that or um, inflation right now, gas prices. The, the point I'm getting to is touring. I, we, we had planned about 50 um, dates outside of Colorado um, for 2020, um, 2020 wow. started. Us, one of the last shows we we just finished the an LP um, we're putting it on vinyl and which did come out and and which we're you know stoked about but uh, we finished that and played Bluebird the same day um, oh my gosh right before COVID and and had a great 2020 plan so and I want to get to where we can do like 75 like solid good dates a year if not more um outside of colorado at some point but every time that looks like it's going to be possible then then gas is five dollars a gallon and i don't know how you can do it that way
1: well it's going to happen i i'm manifesting it for you that you are going to go on tour yeah and play a hundred cities and everyone out there
0: listening go to the freaking shows go see bison bone (laughs) if they come to your hometown because it's definitely worth it, and support music, please, for the love of God, <laughs> honestly.
2: Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thank I, you so much for saying that.
1: Yeah, I have a, an ongoing sticky note on my computer that is just shows I need to buy tickets for when I have money. I'm like, okay, I have a list of all the shows I want to see and <laughs> which ones I need to buy tickets for. I'm like, support artists, big or small, mainly small.
2: I feel like before COVID I was going to a lot of shows and I'm still trying to get up to the capacity, the social capacity I used to have and go to, to more, uh, you know, I feel myself like as a consumer and, and fan going to less shows. And yes. I know that, that, that ticket sales are hard for everybody right now. I'm mm.
0: so glad that you brought that up because both as an artist and a consumer, it's been hard on both sides so selling tickets has been hard because people just don't have the social capacity that they used to Mm -hmm. and then as a consumer i mean i don't go to nearly as many shows as i used to i i you know i'm not doing as much as i used to because i just those two years just you know being at home were kind of nice in a way and you get used to it and i like my social battery Is nowhere near what it used to be, and it's such an
1: odd feeling. Mm -hmm.
2: And Stranger Things is so good. I mean, so
1: true. Don't tell me. I have. (laughs) Oh my god, I have two episodes left. Oh my god, I have like five. So don't say anything. Oh, okay. (laughs) I have two left. So
2: how are you supposed to compete with that?
0: Yeah, I know. And like, even as an a musician, you know, an artist, you're like, dang. If I don't even want to go, like, then it's like, fuck.
1: I know but how because are you supposed you have to expect to, other people to go yeah, yeah. Because, it's also the uh, trade like oh I'll go to your right. show if you go to my show you, to my you know show. kind of thing yeah. of like mm-hmm. I want to go support you but also I have a show coming up do you want to come support me too mm-hmm. like yeah
2: and that gets really difficult I think it does because that does take away from your productivity as an artist if you're running thin you're trying to support everybody else and going out, it's hard to find that balance of I want to be supportive and be a part of the scene and community, but I've got to create space and time for me to be better so I can give that back to the community. Uh, and and that can be, you know, so a little touch and go at times.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Like like that classic saying, you can't give from an empty cup. Like You need to make sure that your cup is full before you can um, let some of it go to the community or others or whatever.
1: So I thought you were going to say before you let others drink your cup. <laughs> <I was>
0: like, <laughs> before you let others sip That's out That's how of the saying goes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I really think the pandemic brought out the introvert in everybody. Because I am very extroverted, but mm-hmm. I value my alone time so much now. Like, I need mm-hmm. to just, like, refuel and do nothing. Watch Stranger Things, you know, mm-hmm. take that time. Um, which I think has been great for my mental health, but also probably not great for... Um, ticket sales for my friends. <laughs> yes, totally.
2: It's true. I'm a I'm a huge extrovert as well, and I was really surprised by by that with with COVID. How um, okay I was being alone, and how long it's taken me to get that energy back up to being an extrovert and being social and and finding that balance, and and how long it takes to recover from that too
0: yeah definitely yeah and I think that's really something there's something to be said about creating space for people and just being honest with each other and being like you know I'm I'm still reeling from this post-pandemic like world or like we're still kind of in it it's confusing and I so it's I think also because so many people are feeling the same way that we're all a little more um open to it and like You know kind
2: hopefully yeah patient graceful Mm -hmm. yeah and and hopefully with time we'll all get our momentum back individually and as a as a community too Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. yeah definitely so we have one more question the time has come the hardest hitting question (laughs) (laughs) why do you write songs
2: that's the whole reason i started any of it um that's why I'm still doing it now is is just being a musician, having a band, playing shows, all is a, just a reason for me to write songs. I would probably still do it without all of those things, but that's what started, that will always be the thing. Um, that doesn't really answer your question, but it's just, it's a way of connecting with myself, with my surroundings, with my people, with my experiences, um, past and future, I guess. Um, with community. It's an outlet. It's, it's a way to be creative. It's a way to inspire other parts of my life, other creative aspects of my life, whether it be cooking or, or gardening or the way I just have, uh, you know, uh, coffee conversations. Uh, it's, it's the number one thing and will always be the number one thing. Without that, nothing else matters as far as in the music world.
1: Wow. Uh, well, I love that answer said. it sounded like you prepared that answer it was so good
0: <laughs> that was great
1: Thank <laughs> take you. a bow you know <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: standing o. <laughs> that was great well we the time has come now where the episode will end with this fabulous song by you the lost weekend um do you have any um anything else to say about the song or to say to the to the people out there listening <laughs>
2: I think we hit on a lot of it. I think, um, you know, just uh, people show up when and how you can show up. Uh, This has been a a great conversation. I've had a lot of fun. um, And hopefully that just inspires other songwriters out there and other fans out there to, you know, maybe this will help them connect a little more.